Hello and welcome to Neighbours, where we are going to recap the week that was on Ramsey Street. I'm Thea and I have CJ. Hello. Hello. I'm very excited because, well, I tweet Neighbours every night. I just watch it. You just watch it. That's only half of the experience, but sure. (laughs) I talk about it with my husband. (laughs) Old style tweeting. (laughs) Yeah, and you have to say the hashtags. (laughs) So I thought... Let's talk about it with our human voices. That's fantastic. Well, I think that this is um, part of the show. Community is part of the show. So let's do it. Yes. So we're just going to start by going through the week and starting on Monday, episode 6966. This is the summary put out by the show that's in the Foxtel info guide. Lauren's infidelity continues causing shockwaves. Chris wrestles with doubts about Nate. And has Paul made an enemy? Well, the answer to that question is always yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Has Paul made a friend is more the apt question. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we start off with Chris and Nate. So a bit of backstory. Chris is the resident gay character on the street and Nate is his brand new boyfriend who has just come back from Afghanistan and is somehow related to Susan and I've missed the episodes that explained how. Oh, he's related to Zeke and... Um, uh, the whatever Caitlin her name. Stacey. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, and he's just been and seen Zeke in London and that's the connection, I guess. So they've got some issues because Nate seems to have a bit of PTSD mm. from the war zone and is taking it out on Chris in a domestic violence scenario. Yeah. And it raises a lot of issues because it's um, domestic violence and then domestic violence in a in a um, gay relationship and then it's also compacting because he's from the war. Yes. And it's a lot. And <laughs> we only ever hear about the war. We don't really – they don't really go into no, – no. We don't want to get political. No. No. So at the end of last week there was almost a bit of biffo with Chris and Nate and in this episode they chat and it's all okay. Yeah. So then we go into Lou who's recovering in hospital from – Okay, so he, last week was the tornado episode, mm-hmm. which was quite incredible, and we might talk about that separately. But as a result of that tornado, a beam fell on Lou, and Susan had to perform an emergency tracheotomy with a biro. She did, and she sort of got that look about her that she gets sometimes when when things get too much. And <laughs> yeah, it was quite full on. And then and the PSD has moved on to her now as well. Yes. So Lou's recovering in hospital and sounds like Madge, which is a great throwback, I think. <laughs> That's perfect. Hadn't picked that one up. <laughs> yeah, it's just, hey, thanks for the emergency tracheotomy, Susan, like, <laughs> which is awesome. So Lauren is visiting Lou and won't tell him that he spilled the beans that she cashed Brad. So, he, okay, let's just set up the Willises and the Turners because I watch the show almost every night mm-hmm. and I still get them all confused. Yeah. They, they are very similar. Yeah. yeah so, it's a bit of a problem. Okay. So we've got the Willises, which is Rebecca Omaloglu yep. as Therese, Kip Gamblin as Brad, yep. uh, and their twins, Imogen and Josh. Yep. And Josh. And they have a, another sibling that's not there. Another sibling. And they've got a few other love children yeah, scattered yeah, throughout the he's, countryside. Brad's, you know, he's got a past. Yeah. Yep. And then the Turners are uh, Lou's daughter, which <laughs> I keep forgetting. Yeah. I just think, oh, Lou's just hanging around. Yeah, <laughs> you'd think, well, that, that would make sense if Lou just lived there, really, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. So it makes sense. So Lou's daughter, Lauren, and the, the cop, the dad cop, I call him, Matt, and their kids, Mason, who they've shipped off to Darwin, Amber, who looks and probably is about 30, 
that plays a teenager, <laughs> and Bailey, who's the nerdy young teen. And I constantly forget which of them is related and which of them is dating. Yeah, because Imogen and Bailey really should be related. Yes. And at the end of the day, they are kind of related. <laughs> it's a little bit disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the dads kissed one of the mums mm. and it's all come out because Lou gave it up while he was on the drugs. And so Therese and Lauren are at loggerheads because – Lauren passed her husband. So even yeah. when I'm talking about them, I can't figure out who's who. Yeah. Anyway, the problems with Therese and Lauren manifested because they had some problems with cooling systems and catering they early did. in the week. They, they were did. like, well, yeah. I'm not going to use Harold's to cater my Lassiter's function. Burn. Burn. No little sandwiches at Lassiter's <laughs> anymore. So anyway, they have a heart-to-heart at the end of the night um, in complete darkness, I think. Like Therese goes over to Lauren's house. Yep. In the dark. They didn't turn a light on and talked about how. Maybe so- maybe the power's still not on. Yeah. Something like that. I <laughs> yeah, don't know. because of the storm. Yeah. Yeah, but the, it's not going to end. This is going to go forever. Yeah, it'll yeah. go for the rest of the year. Yeah. And then we finish Monday's episode going, well, with the Paul storyline, which I hate with a burning passion. Mm-hmm. It's Paul wanting to be mayor again. Mm-hmm. And I missed a few episodes and I thought he was still the mayor. So I didn't understand the well, bombshell. I felt like they can't just take Meryl robes off you because your niece dies in a traumatic way. So I I thought, you know, he's on leave of absence. If anything, that makes you sympathetic to the voters. Yeah, particularly Paul. Yeah. Like if Paul's going to have feelings, I feel like that gets him more votes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but I feel like then wouldn't be allowed to take it off you. But now he's got to fight for it. He's got to fight for his mayorship. Man, I don't care. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care about who my mayor is well, in that's, life. Well, that's the thing. Like I think at what point, what parts of Australia or in other parts of the world does the man really matter this much? Yeah. But Paul, he's put his little power-hungry gloves all over it and he's like, I'm going to be mayor. Just before we started, we were talking about Gilmore Girls. That's where I care who the mayor is. Yeah, that's true. Stars Hollow. Because there are lots of repercussions for the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The There's mayor of Erinsborough decides, like, when to buy a new street sign. Who cares? Yeah, he does a speech. Yeah. Which, yeah. let's say, Paul's never done well at. Paul, this week, gave more speeches at that nursery <laughs> than anywhere else in the town. Like, the I know suburb. there's a lot of journalists without jobs out there, but yeah. really, would there be that many following the mayor of Erinsborough? <laughs> Like, when would that happen? So this is the, – the, Paul has this press junket with, like, 12 journalists. I don't even know how they booked that many extras. 12 journalists <laughs> following him around in various suburban landmarks, listening to him talk about that landmark and how it was affected by the storm. Yeah, and being really inspirational about how we're going to group together as a community. It was like when we had that – um earthquake in Melbourne a few years ago and, like, a couple of chairs <laughs> fell chairs over. chairs fell over. <laughs> yeah. Like, really – as far as tornadoes go, the damage, Look, I mean, the wombat died. There was a lot of foliage yeah, on true. the road. <laughs> that's true. But I thought Kyle was going to die. I can't die. believe no one memed the tornado on the street. <laughs> Come on, why, Bailey, get your computer out. Make a meme of the tornado, for God's sake. He's, Bailey's got a computer. I'm sure of it. Yeah. He's going to space camp. What happened on Tuesday there? All right, so Tuesday, Matt and Therese struggle with their spouse's betrayal. Paul suspects sabotage. Georgia gets terrible news and Therese has a surprising business idea. Remind me, I don't remember what the business idea was. Oh, that's oh, right, the yeah. gym. The gym. Okay. The matriarch of the street taking over. So 
there's how much I don't care about the mayor storyline. Mm. Then there's how much I don't care mm. about the gym. Whole different level. Like it's <laughs> it like as far as gyms go, it's pretty small. There's no pool. It seems as though there's no body pump. And like like I don't know what and it's like just the football club gym. The dingoes. Okay, so there's a one room, there's the reception desk, the treadmill right in front of the reception desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some weights. Yeah. And and, and of course machine. The bathroom where you can take illegal drugs to get oh, yes. better. So when swimmer Josh does a shift at the gym, he's doing reception and then he can jump around to the other side to the weights station and give personal training tips. At the and also time. just do some weights. Yeah. yeah, and then run back and yeah. answer the phone. Yeah. And um, remember we have learned from past that when Brad was managing the gym that you've got to be manning all the people because they can sue you very quickly. <laughs> yeah, so when you book a personal training session at the Dingo's gym, yeah. You, it's group personal training. It's so, one. It's one on one, but only at like a minute at a yeah, time. Yeah, and at any given time, a resident from the street could come in with some news, and then your personal training session's gone to hell. Not, not great value for money, which is probably why the gym is struggling. Probably punters. Yeah, like membership's probably only thirty dollars a month. Well, so in this episode, Josh swimmer Josh reckons gym memberships are down because of the storm. Mm. In my understanding of people that go to gyms, don't you use the gym when there is a storm? Because you can't exercise outside? Well, yes, and you would get a bit weird that a lot of your schedules have been toyed with. Yeah. So you're going to control the thing you can, which is going to the gym. Yeah. um, We can't go to a class. There's not enough room for No classes. Remember, Brad had to do the outside classes. So by the lake. Yeah, by the lake. And it's a bit of a problem. Which is really just this bit of grass outside. Meanwhile, Rebecca Elmaloglu, Therese, has a great idea. Lassiter's is going to buy the gym. Yeah, and I mean, they're presumably quite close to each other. Why doesn't Lassiter's Hotel already have a gym? Well, she just did, she said it did have a gym. It, it did, was, but that, that was in ruin. Oh, because the storm blew some No, college. no, I think it's just been in ruin. Oh, yeah. No one's exercising. <laughs> no. Because they could just go outside <laughs> yeah, in the grass. And do Brad's And class. just copy the people doing <laughs> yeah. Pilates From a out distance. there. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. Get a fence. So, raise a suggestion, I'm going to buy the gym so that my son can keep working here and I can be his boss. Yeah, and just, like, leave him be and he can run it into the ground yeah. if need be. It's problematic enough having Rebecca Almaloglu, who is very shouty, just shouting at you as your mum, but having her <laughs> as your boss, double whammy. Yeah. Well, I feel like the whole purpose behind it is that she's preparing herself for divorce. She needs to win the children over and this is how she's going to do it. Okay, there's a lot of things I hate. I hate the mayor story, I hate the gym, and I hate Therese. But, man, I need Therese. I need her yeah. there every day. Yeah, and her low-cut tops. I hate her so much, but yeah. I, she better not go away. She's a sassy lady. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's amazing that she felt like it was okay to go to a neighbour and say, look, I've decided to just snoop on my husband and I'd like to have an organised system around it. I thought she was going to have a spreadsheet. What an amazing proposition. Amazing, but also, like, if he'd gone through with it, that would have been weeks of storyline. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And he didn't go through with it because he's got all this honour. Quite dull. Yeah. With no, yeah. I'm a cop and I don't yeah. want to spy on my wife. And well, like, he, What else are we going to And then he was saying, I love her more than he lo- she loves me. And, and I was sort of thinking, but you're like a Ken doll. Like, really, <laughs> as far as things go, like, if you're going to get a dull husband, he's all right. And he's quite honourable. He's always out saving from the tornadoes. He can pass your neighbour and he's going to be all right with it. In the yeah, end. he's going to, he's probably going to, I think he's going to forgive her before Teresa's going to forgive Brad. Oh, also in this episode, Brad touched Lauren on the shoulder in the middle of the street. Keep gambling. Oh dear. That was it. But I feel like there's, 
there's a lot of chemistry that's talked about between these two that's just not there. Oh, yeah, mainly because they were different. They were played by different actors 20 years ago. Yeah. So they've resurrected these characters, these two little blonde, cute, surfy characters from the 90s. And then they got and then they Kip got from Kip Gamblin from Home and Away and Dance Academy. Yeah, so they've got a history of chemistry that we haven't seen because they were played by different people. And because they don't really hang out much on the show anyway, except for that one time they he touched her shoulder in the street. Yeah, and, like, they have every now and then they have, like, these throwback conversations, like, I really know you kind of conversations. Yeah. Like, when he was going to become a teacher, they were like, oh, I really know you. Like, I know what you should do. And your wife doesn't. That time I, I sketched you, we yeah. really oh, connected. Jesus, the sketch. <laughs> because Brad. she was pregnant, she didn't know it. Yes, yeah, so yeah. they share a love child, who, by the way, is my current favourite thing about the show. Yeah, excellent. Paige. Paige. Yep. Amazing. We'll get to her. She's not in this episode. No. What is in this episode is the nursery has been trashed. Yeah. Quite considerably trashed. <laughs> like they then they took the juice machines, which is the bread and butter. That's of the my nursery. favorite thing. They didn't uproot any plants. No. They took a juicer. <laughs> and some graffiti. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, they took the juicer and then put the juicer away in a box. We're <laughs> <laughs> just helping them pack up to close down the nursery, which would something that would make me happy because I hate that nursery. You hate the nursery? It's a be- Look, it's beautiful. But it's a nice little emblem of greenness for Sonia. <laughs> no, I, but I just, I, I'm still, I haven't come to terms with the fact that Sonia's not a guide dog trainer anymore. Oh, okay. And yeah, I liked, so. I really loved that career path for her. Does that? But that doesn't pay. And she could just be a lawyer's she's, wife. Yeah, she could be a lawyer's wife. But she's wife. industrious. If Toadie was a better lawyer. Yeah, he's not she... very good, is he? No, he's always taking cases he's not getting paid for. <laughs> like homicides. Homicides. Murder, murder trial. And then like. Trying to arrange who owns that purple car. <laughs> Toadie is to the law profession what Carl is to Aaron's Yeah, That's true. He can do anything. So the nursery's been trashed. Sonia thinks it's because someone's out to get her. No, it's because Paul is due to give another press conference at the nursery. It's the all about day. Paul. <laughs> get a council hall. Why is he doing this? Why, why doesn't he do it out the front of Lassiter's? Because they're doing Pilates out the front of Lassiter's. Mm, there's no room point. in the gym. You know where they should do Pilates? At the nursery. And then all have wheat shops. That is an amazing business plan. So the nursery's been trashed. Meanwhile, the second Madge voice of the week appears, and it's George's. Yeah. George's got a Madge voice because yeah. she had botched throat surgery. Yeah. Does she have a record deal? Look, I haven't been following her singing career closely because I thought she was a nurse. Because I thought you're only supposed to have one career at a time on Neighbours. Yeah. Kate, back when Kate was alive, uh, she was a dancer until they she realised was. she couldn't really dance that well. So they went, well, okay, you can be a teacher then. Yeah. So and I'm, that very, just I'm very confused that Georgia has two professions now, singer and nurse. And she, but it's all about the fact that she wants to sing at the wedding. She was probably going to sing that song that was about him. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> I don't know because the right prescription has ruined all of my memories for actual music. Yeah. yeah. Then that leads us into Wednesday. Mm. Georgia suspects a medical cover-up. Dr. Jessica's back and tells Georgia very bluntly that she's never going to sing again. Yeah. She's pretty blunt No about physio, it. No, no, nothing. Nah. You can't sing. And I love her. Maybe she's heard her sing before. <laughs> she's like, look, you can sing again, but I'd really prefer you didn't. That's why I cut them. <laughs> so immediately Georgia's sus on Erinsborough Hospital, which is warranted because nothing good ever happens at that hospital. It's a malpractice suit after malpractice suit in that place. But I, I feel definitely like Dr. Jessica is visiting from the city. Um, she's got that kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. She's only there on Wednesdays or something. And she probably costs a lot. And maybe George didn't, didn't pay. 
Did she have private health insurance? I mean, none of these realities come into Ramsey Street. No. no. Like, you just go to Erinsborough Hospital and but you for always, the best. But you always get a private room. Yeah. So, Carl's like, don't worry, we will talk to Dr. Jessica and figure out if she's stuffed up your throat surgery. Yeah, we'll just ask her we'll just because ask her. that's where the information will lie with the doctor that's trying to avoid a lawsuit. Yeah, so, you know who's going to take the lawsuit? Who? Chody. Of course he is. Okay. It's going to be very conflicted because of Carl and how Carl's is like his second father. Hopefully that hospital will be shut down once and for all. But then Georgia spots Carl and Jessica out for dinner and thinks he's covering up for her because they're mates and went out on a date that one time. Yeah, well, I feel like it maybe was a little bit of an affair. It's Carl. Yeah. He doesn't just date one. I like those two together. I yeah. wish they'd made more of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty good. But, yeah, so Carl, uh, so Georgia spots them. And and goes and has a go at them. Yes. Yeah. And Carl's just like, he doesn't know what to do about that. When she's going to get Toadie involved and it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, actually, because there'll be lots of court scenes. Meanwhile, Therese is the boss of the gym. And Josh, Josh isn't happy. Which, by the way, fun. that sale went through really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> to own the gym, you just have to say you own the gym. Yeah. And then storm in. Yeah. <laughs> Josh isn't happy. He doesn't want to work with his mum hanging around. And Naomi, who, by the way creepiest relationship on the show yeah. thus far. Now, do we know how old she is? No. He's 18. She's a woman of a certain age. I didn't even know he was 18 until just recently. I missed his birthday. Well, he drinks sometimes. Oh, no, he can't because he's allergic to drinking. Obviously, Josh was an Olympian in the making. Yeah. Yeah. But which we never saw him. We never saw him in the pool because they yeah, shot in the pool. We just saw when people watching telecasts of him swimming. Yeah, that's true. And just and by the way, that telecast why didn't they go to Why watch they go him? To the pool? They just watched him on the internet. Like, could you swimming? imagine if your if your family member was about to get into the Commonwealth Games and you just said, oh, "I'm just going to watch on TV"? Yeah. Like, you'd probably live tweet it, and then like that's it. Like, not even his mum. No one went. Like, he got out of the pool, and there was no one there and for him. I've never seen an internet stream of something that good. Yeah, that no was buffering. Such a clear stream, no yeah. buffering. No. Yeah. They got ads. the NBN down there in Ramsey Street. Meanwhile, Naomi, who's loitering at the gym, no, so Naomi's about. 45 years older than Josh. Um, she's like, I think she's at least 35. Let's go with 35. Yes. Yeah. 35 is a nice, generous guess. And she's just like hooking up with the guy that owns the gym out the back in the office because we assume there must be an office, and right? And he's still in high school. Technically, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think Susan's unenrolled him. They're probably just calling his name yeah. every morning in <laughs> class. So the way that they decide to save the gym, they decide that to get membership back up mm-hmm. and they decide to do this Putting up flyers. Mm-hmm. And harassing people who are eating burgers. <laughs> oh, my God. Because that's what I want when I'm having a burger. I want some failed Olympian to come with his bit of stuff to come over and tell me that's fatty, that's disgusting, carbohydrates, get to the gym. So Josh and Naomi solve the problem of the gym by flyering, but we don't hear from them again. And then we get to Paige and Brennan finally, Paige, my fave. Um, Paige and Brennan, who the show is calling Brennan now, not Mark anymore. I yeah. feel like they went, Brennan's a cooler name. We'll go with that. Yeah. Maybe he's going to become a cop again. By the way, do you know why he isn't a cop? This is what led me to calling him Detective Mechanic on okay. Twitter. All right. Because I don't know. Yeah. He went away. He went to Sydney. And when he came back, he was a mechanic. Yeah. And I know that and, were, and a rock climber. I, I know that there were some webisodes online, oh. which was Brennan's side story in Sydney. Mm-hmm. But I ain't nobody got time for that. So mm. I didn't watch that. So he came back and he was a mechanic but with detective tendencies and mm. he couldn't mm. – because you can only have one job on Neighbours and yep. you can't yep. be a mechanic and a detective. He could have been a mechanic for the cops. 
police mechanic. Yeah. But then he wouldn't have been able to get involved. You were solving problems left, right, and centre, <laughs> BJ, my friend. I wonder if he's still a mechanic because we never see him fixing cars. They don't really do that anymore. Like carpenters' cars. We never ever saw it. No, it no. Was, we only ever saw it when it was in peril, that car yard. Yeah, but that's one of the things that Neighbours does. It leads you to think there's more hours in the day because they get a lot done. And they have a lot of sit-down meals at Harold's Cottage. Yeah, I know. Imagine the bills they've got oh for food. God. They go for breakfast. They stop in for coffee, they go for lunch, they stop in for coffee and a milkshake, and they go for dinner. Or sometimes they grab takeaway from the waterhole. Speaking of the hot spots. So they were due to meet at the waterhole. They were due to go on their first official date. They've got a great little thing going, except for the fact that his fiance died a couple of months ago. Yeah, so. And he's not sure he's ready to move on. But he's so attracted to her. He's so attracted to Paige. And, you know, she's alive, so she's got that going for her. She does. Then we get to, I think, the crux of the week, the moment where Paige is like, I'm going to get dressed up. So she doesn't go to the shopping centre and go to, like, I don't know, whatever that store is called, um, the one that has Maya. the – Maya. or, but like, the, the, the little girl store, uh, whatever. And she doesn't do that. She goes to the second-hand store, which um, Chris's mum robbed once. Oh, the bric-a-brac shop? Yeah. And so that's where she gets it. And the dress – Brick shop. Yeah. It was Kate's actual dress that they gave to the poor. Yeah. Okay. This just got even more amazing. Yeah. Paige rolls up to her first date with Brennan, who lost his fiance a few months ago, wearing her dress. An amazing moment. <laughs> it was out of a gothic novel. Yeah. And looked great in it. Looked amazing. Hashtag who wore it better. Yeah. And by the way, completely different body types and they looked it was, like, it was like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That dress looks good on everyone. So Sisterhood of the Traveling Brennan. <laughs> Paige looks a million bucks. Brennan goes, get out. Yeah. It was really awful. Like, get out of here. Why are you wearing Kate's dress? She's like, I bought a dress. End of episode, best moment thus far this year. Better than the tornado, I reckon. So Thursday, we pick it up when Paige is running out of the waterhole in her boyfriend's dead ex's dress. Susan compliments her on it and meanwhile asks, where did you get it? (laughs) And you know what? I reckon Susan actually complimented Kate on it. I think she She did. She should have known where she got it from. Yeah, she's been like, I got it from the same place I got my boyfriend. (laughs) Dead Kate. (laughs) So Susan loves the dress, wants to get one for herself, hint to the wardrobe department. In fact, she could probably just wear that one because Paige is never going to wear it again. No, clearly not. It'll be back at that bric-a-brac shop soon. Yeah, she can pick it up. She'll probably look good in it too. So Brennan's going to go and patch things up with Paige. When he goes to her house, he spots her with a rando mm. that she looks like she's pashing in the street. Mm-hmm. And he has like a cool car. Yeah. Like throwback James Dean. <laughs> yeah. So this guy has a cool car. And, and did, do, I missed whether they actually pashed. He went for the pash. So Brennan freaks out and goes and starts punching a punching bag. and Paige, Her punching bag, by the way. Oh, her punching bag. It's yeah. pink. <laughs> so Paige goes out and sees him at the punching bag and says, Let's talk about everything. He's like, why were you pashing that rando? She says, he pashed me. Did it look like I was kissing him back? And you know what, Paige? It kind of did look like you were kissing him back a little bit. Well, and, I she mean, didn't... she was with him. She's obviously spent some time with him. Yeah, all yeah. night. It was like <laughs> 7 in the morning. Yeah. She said, I, I, went, I went clubbing to let off steam. Who goes clubbing by themselves all night till 7 a.m.? This bloke gives her a lift home mm. and she reckons Maybe stopping she's not up into in his, his place on the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she reckons she's not into it. Okay. She and Brennan make up. Apparently he's okay with everything. And there was a little line where she was like, I was just glad I never had to see him again. I'm like, do you have to kiss people to get a lift home? Like, why doesn't she get a taxi? 
why there are taxis people get them to the airport in Erinsborough all the time they do actually and that's about the only place yeah yeah and I don't understand why she's just giving out her body for lifts it's not okay no there are bigger problems to explore here with Paige yeah but mm. I feel like they could have dragged this out a bit more yeah I think they could have and I think you know like we could we'll probably have an event at the end of the year like I don't know what we're gonna have after an a event. tornado but we'll have an event and they could have got together then, really. We could have had tension for that long. Look, where do you go from tornado is the big question. Flood? Noah? I don't know. Actually, they could have done the storm crossover with a flood and yeah. it would have been more believable. Yeah, it could have happened the next week. Who knows? There could be a beach nearby and it could be a tsunami. There is a beach nearby because back when it had a bigger budget, they were, those characters would always go to the beach. Brad and Lauren spent as oh, kids of course. when they were played by different actors were on the beach every day. That's true. And now he puts a surfboard on the car just drives, I guess, to, like, the shopping centre. <laughs> Going for a surf. You can tell because my surfboard is on the car. <laughs> and he has a surf type car. Yeah. Yeah. The other amazing thing that happened in this episode is yarn bombing. If we didn't <laughs> think a tornado hitting a suburban street was big enough. Yeah. We, I think we're first introduced to it by the street sign being yarn bombed. That's right. Within yeah. two weeks, we've gone from total destruction to knitting. Mm, knitting. Bailey's talking about it. And getting advice from Lou because he kissed the space camp girl last week and now doesn't know how to act around her. And his advice from Lou, who the resident agony aunt, is treat him mean, keep him king. <laughs> Which is not going to work and out. Bailey, who's supposed to be the genius nerd kid of the show, doesn't ever question that this is bad advice. Yeah, yeah, considering like Lou and the ex-wife have a great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just an asshole to this nice girl, immediately feels bad, and then he says, oh, I need to make, it, make, it, make her feel better and buys her. It gives her a book, a special space book. Which is sort of has a female twist to it because it's about a female uh, space woman. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah, oh, it I was really, this. I loved it. Okay. I loved it so much. That was really lovely. Maybe they can have a love child together. It will ruin space camp. What, it would ruin space camp? <laughs> it would. Okay, what happens in space camp Poor stays Lauren, in space camp. Lauren and Dad Cop, they'll be so disappointed. Okay, there's no pregnancy yet. No. They've just had two little pashes and he gave her a book. And they discuss the movie Gravity because she says, do you want to come help me write my space blog? It's where I pick apart hot plot holes in science movies. Then they talk about gravity and all the plot holes, which isn't the point of gravity. It just looked cool. Yeah. Um, no, but I love them. I think they're going to be, yeah, I think they're going to be good and we're going to have problems because are they both going to get into space camp? Are they both oh, going to yeah. go? Like what's going to happen? And then they're going to compete, but they're going to be in a relationship. And I've never heard of space camp except for or any American show ever. So it's, I think it's quite strange saying space camp a lot on an you, Aussie soap. Yeah, but you can succeed if you grow up in marriage. You can also die. You can only succeed at one profession at a time. That's true, yeah. but you can go quite high. Callum is in Silicon Valley. He made one app. Who's to say that these two kids can't get to space? They're going to go on the moon. They're going to be like that guy that um, films David Bowie clips up there. Yeah. And then, I mean, they're, and they're going to end up working for NASA. Amazing. Yeah. Not too long, probably in a year, probably. They can go visit Callum. Yeah. From NASA. They can in a spaceship. <laughs> so meanwhile, Imogen and Amber have patched things up and Amber says, come and, um, come and I'll show you my secret, my secret special thing that I'm doing with my boyfriend. And guess what it is? It's knitting. Oh, oh, they're doing it, are they? Oh, I missed that. Daniel Robinson, mm. um, hashtag Scott and Charlene's love child, or actual child, offspring, and Amber are knitting things and wrapping them around objects in the street. And this is what teenagers do, apparently. I look anything about Daniel. Like, I know how you feel <laughs> about the Paul Robinson story, and I feel that about Daniel and Amber. <laughs> 
I mean, I did knit as a teenager and I still knit, but I didn't think that that was something that people put on television as a sexy thing that teenagers did. Yeah, and not only a sexy thing, like the, the couple with the chemistry is doing it together. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Like this is our secret passion. Knitting. Wow. What happened to the photos? The photos. They were photographers a week ago. No, the, the storm they took, oh, yeah. the storm ruined that. They had also, to find a new hobby. Therese ruined the dark room. She took it away from them after they got together. <laughs> How does she have that power? Because it was at Lasseter's. It was like a storeroom. Man, she had all no, of the power. There's nowhere else dark. They can't go to the man shed no. and develop photos there. End of passion. Damn it. Yeah. No. You gotta find a new one. Oh, and oh, the reason you don't know this is because it, ha- it was revealed on Friday. I've jumped ahead. I'm sorry. You oh, didn't see okay. Friday and that's when the Yeah, no, revealed. I haven't seen Friday. Sorry, the knitting storyline got me so excited. I've jumped forward. Me. And I think that's their goal, to get everyone so excited about Ramsey Street. And um, everyone can have nice warm jumpers in time for summer. <laughs> Meanwhile, Susan has asked Nate to do a talk about Afghanistan at school. For the oh, kids. dear. Uh, alarm bells <laughs> should have been ringing and she books it for the next day. She's turned it around so that he can come to the school and do a talk the very next day. Yeah. She's not going to talk to him before and find out anything about what he's going to say. Nah, she's no, she's not. No prep. Just no. war. Let's you you went to the war kids zone. about war. Come on over. Bring, bring your dot points. Let's go. And your PSD. This talk is quite incredible. And it's only between him and Imogen. It's between him and Imogen <laughs> and for some reason Amber and Bailey, like all the siblings from varying age levels, yeah, chuck them all in. put them all in one classroom. There's about 30 kids. It's not an all-school assembly, but it's many year levels crammed into a classroom. But it's optional, remember, because Bailey was going to take his girl and oh, she right. was like, oh, if you're going. Oh, it's yeah. an optional war talk. Yep. yep. <laughs> and it's full. Well, as, as many kids as they could cram into that one classroom, mm-hmm. they got there and Imogen and Amber have prepared questions. Like, don't worry if you get nervous. We've prepared a very long list of questions. Yeah, we'll an intense you. one. And so he he's he's very dull in his talk and talks about what time of day they get up and what they have for breakfast. And the kids are like, tell us war stories. Tell me when you killed someone. Tell me about killing. <laughs> and so he does. But he starts off with a story about a horse. He jazzes up his talk with a lovable horse story. And then for some reason, 16-year-old Bailey understands a Mr. Ed reference. Oh. The talking horse from the 50s? That went over my head. Exactly. <laughs> As it should have with 16-year-old Bailey. All of those kids should have been who? <laughs> so he tells this lovable horse story. So, yay, the kids are happy. Everyone's laughing about war in Afghanistan. Everyone's having a great time. So Imogen asks him a question about Facebook and racism and he loses his temper because of Facebook. And Nate just snaps and tells this horrible traumatic story about rescuing mm. children out of a school that had been shelled. And, and some of them didn't make it. Some of them didn't make it. There is a stunned silence in the classroom. And then Susan asks them to applaud. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> like please don't hurt us. Traumatized kids. <laughs> get out. So then Susan tries to stop it like four times. And then at the end she's just like, all right, that's it. <laughs> Susan, you could have solved this problem if you'd briefed the poor kid. Yeah. Oh, God. It's really tumultuous, isn't it? Like, these are really heavy storylines. The important thing is the kids got out of the free period. Yeah. So. He didn't have to go to health class. Finally, gets us to Friday. I've dealt with the knitting, so I'll jump into the brief for the the day, which is Paul uses devious tactics to regain the mayor, I can't say that word, mayoral position. Chris is confronted by Susan's fears for Nate and Imogen has a surprising epiphany, which is not surprising to anyone else. I added that bit at the end. Um, can you tell me what it is? I'm assuming it's something. She likes Daniel. Yeah. Okay. Bombshell, we already knew that. And they, they're knitting in the dark or something? Like, throw back to the ghost. 
like the ghost is in the movie. Yes, they do ghosts. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. in the dark though, it was just in the oh, living room. In okay. at Toadie's house for some reason. Okay. So okay, so CJ hasn't seen Friday's episode and I have Imogen and Amber and the secret knitting that I talked about before. Three teenagers knitting in quiet, no music, nothing, no popcorn, nothing. Nothing. How old is Emma? Early twenties ish, as unspecified. It's nice how he just wants to pull his girlfriend out of school and go travel. Yeah. Yeah. Year 12 and means nothing. The, the, the prob- <laughs> she's come out of one problematic relationship where the swimmer boyfriend didn't want her to do photography, didn't mm. want her to pursue a career. Yeah. He was just stupid. He just wanted her to watch him swim. And mm. now her new relationship, the guy doesn't want her to study and pursue academics. He wants her to travel the world with him. There are oh. some serious problems with Amber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amber, Amber has a lot of problems and I tell you what, she's not helping them herself. Amber's got 99 problems and all of her life choices make up all of them. Yeah, yeah, they do. (laughs) Okay, so they're knitting also, they're knitting in Toadie's house because they want to keep their yarn bombing a secret and Georgia lets them in to Toadie's house to knit. She's got enough space for that kind of problem. They can't just go into one of their own bedrooms, shut the door and knit there because they haven't built that. Well, they haven't built it (laughs) yet. I was about to say, but plus it's going to get awkward if they all go into a bedroom together. but But I want to see awkward. Yeah, that's true. One of them sitting on the bed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could have so, worked. They had a budget for that a long no, time ago. Too bad. No. Amber went to the kitchen and that's when Daniel takes it upon himself to help Imogen pick up a dropped stitch and puts his arms around her ghost style. Okay, that's, that's where I got it from. That's when she yeah. has the epiphany of, <gasps> I like this guy that we all knew she liked. Mm. Meanwhile, and this is the bit that got me as well, Susan discovers that Nate has post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, good. Thanks, Susan. Which is what we decided was the problem a week ago. Actually, we decided when we met him. We just when didn't we know what him. it was from. We went, oh, he's the guy with PTSD. Yeah. Well, in this episode, Susan says, I think he's got PTSD. And we have a shot of Chris Googling on Infopedia what PTSD <laughs> is. And they the don't have Google there. No. They, they have Poodle. They have Poodle and they have Infopedia. Yeah, and they had Bomb. They had the, the meteorology site. Back when oh. the tornado, tornado was oh, warming cool. up. Yeah, oh, they yeah, had the little satellite. That, that showed us that the tornado hit West Waratah and Eden Hills and Erica. And I think Warrigal was on there. Yeah, Warrigal. Yeah. Warrigal and Coldstream. Mm-hmm. The great news is just by talking to Nate about his PTSD, he's, he's they're better. Chris and Nate are better and oh, Nate's good. fine. Good. And they had a nice chat about so it. So he doesn't have to see a psychologist. No, because no. he's not crazy, he says. Carl couldn't step in here? No. No. Well, Susan did talk to Carl about it. Because yeah, he does sessions in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. With Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that's all going to be okay until the next thing that makes Nate sad. Well, something's going to happen. Something will happen. Yeah. I'm triggerish. tipping like I was in a McDonald's the other day and a balloon popped and I thought this was my moment and I was in, I was part of a siege. He's going to have flashbacks to yeah. Nam. Yeah. 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 He's going to have flashbacks. And that's good. But I'm really excited because he's Indigenous. He's homosexual. And he has a, 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 a mental problem. He's amazing. I think he's that is amazing. A, a character. If only they mesh. would give some of those traits to some of the other characters on the show, I'd be That's happy. very true. It's like they've gone, we need to tick a few boxes. Mm. Let's put them all on this character. You know what? I feel there was a grant and they went, we're not going to get one grant. We're going to get three grants. <laughs> we're going to have um, a psychological grant. We're going to have a, a race yeah. grant and a soldier grant. Yeah. And it's pretty exciting. And we're happy to have him. Nate, welcome aboard. Welcome to our lives. I just wish that the two white families had a few more interesting facets to them. Some of the love children don't have to be white. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do love Paige. 
Yeah, no, I really like. Oh, you them. mean some of the like Piper, some of the ones we haven't seen. Yet. Yeah, that could be great. They could be Italian. Although one they of them could be wasn't this, one whatever. of them wasn't one of them his love child with Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah, I think so. And Natalie Imbruglia was never mentioned to be Italian or anything like that. But, but that doesn't mean be. her child isn't. And and Chris is Greek. Yeah, Chris is Greek because we we know that because sometimes they mention Spanakopita. The problem is they have these great this great gay relationship, but they never let them be. Gay. They they talk about, oh, well, can you stay over and not leave the house because you're stressed about your PTSD? So that okay, I'll stay over. And then they go, great. And then he grabs the footy and they go out to kick the footy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Staying over to me does not mean kick to kick. <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, I'm pretty excited they've kissed, like, three times. Yeah, that's great. That is great. But it's been pretty aggressive. The kissing. Yeah. It's been very, like, straight-necked. Like, no one's – there's no romantic. There's no couch cuddling like there is with Amber and, and no. Mystical Boy. You're right. And, you know, like, there's no moments like that. I mean, I know they've only been together a week. But anyway. Welcome, So do you Nate. want them to go out maybe clubbing? I want them to go clubbing. I want there to be an issue where one of them still hasn't deleted his grinder profile. Oh, and yeah. the other one's upset about that. Yeah, that could be a moment. I feel like I'm being – I don't want to see stereotypically gay storylines. I just want to have them explore their sexuality a lot more. Yeah. Rather than I want just them saying, to decorate the house. Yeah, rather than just saying and this play is, football. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just saying this is my boyfriend, he's a man. We're going to kiss uncomfortably and that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're probably not going to see them kiss again. Like it's probably only the beginning of the re- re- relationship, yeah. to be honest. Maybe when they have their commitment ceremony. Yeah. But that's better. But there'll be a lot of kick to kick. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, oh, my God, do we have to finish the week talking about the mayor storyline? We do. Uh, what happened? Paul gives another speech at the nursery about rebuilding Erinsborough. Oh. Rebuilding. They had all those SES workers lifting the foliage off of the road last week. What is left to rebuild? Well, they've got to rub the graffiti off and put the juices back. <laughs> so the baby wombat returns, by the way. Oh, I missed How did I miss but that? guess what? Different wombat. Because Paul is using the fact that they rescued a baby wombat as leverage in his rebuilding campaign and brings out Ranger Stacy. She has the baby wombat cuddled in her arms and they call the baby wombat Erin. And then oh, Sonia, they didn't delve into that. Okay. But Sonia grabs Tony and says, I thought the baby wombat was a boy. Paul has brought in a stunt wombat to Aww. further his mayoral campaign. You know, that makes me sad because I was kind of enjoying Sonia and Toadie being like a family with Paul because <laughs> I have a soft spot for Paul. Well, the thing is they don't mind too much that he's that he's corrupt. They're kind of rolling with it. Yeah, they need to be on his side. Someone yes. has attacked their nursery yes. just because of their commitment to Paul. Yes. And you know what? When Paul was lost and he went and worked at the nursery, that was special whole thing oh see that's why you don't what have a soft spot for do? paul so when he was lost and um he was really upset about kate oh yeah he just sort of showed up at the nursery one day yeah. and he just started working and then he got like obsessed with it because paul that's that paul has to achieve that's who paul is so he wasn't oh. just like putting some plants in he was he he had a schedule he was landscaping he basically yeah and he was like watering things and then like sonia would say look i've got to go home mate it's 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> There's no sun. There's nothing for the plants to do. And he grow. was like, oh, I've got to do more. And he just kept going. And Sonia had to tell him to leave eventually. I'm really sad I missed this. Yeah. But so I feel like their connection from that moment is so special. Because remember, Sonia, when Carl's not available, she's the psychologist. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I don't or know Lou, if... apparently. Yeah. yeah. He's the agony aunt. 
If you've been in Ramsey Street for a little while, you can help people. Yeah. She doesn't seem to go to her Gamblers Gamblers Anonymous meetings anymore. So she's got to have an outlet. So she can fix Paul. She can make Paul human. Well, okay. So Which is why they're not immediately kicking him out of the nursery. They're letting him be a bit shifty. Mm. Meanwhile, this story confused me a little bit, but all of a sudden this skateboarding punk kid arrives, and that's what they call him, the punk kid that bullied Callum. Yeah, and he's the the new mayor's son. He's the current mayor's son. So they catch him looking shifty. Paul, meanwhile, plants charity chocolates into his bag. They also find his button on the scene, and this is very confusing, but at the end of the day, dad cop gets the kid to sing like a canary and admit that he trashed the nursery. Mm. And the kid admits that he did it because he overheard his mum talking about Paul's press conference and he wanted to sabotage. Oh, my God, I don't even care enough about this. How is a 16-year-old kid caring enough about Paul, it? Have you met this mother? Sabotage this campaign. She's, like, she's more full-on than Therese. Yes. So, and she's like, you remember like Mrs. like in the eighties and nineties, they had like a busy buzzy character. So narrow it down to just one. Yeah, you know, like there'd be a woman busy yeah, body, which is what Colette Nan is at the moment. Yeah. Well, the mum is like this, but she's uh, just a bit evil and yeah. power hungry and stuff. And so, yeah, but I don't know. I think this is going nowhere though. That storyline is well, Paul's going to be messy. Paul's yeah. messing around with the charity chocolates. Mm, yeah. He's framed this kid or he's set up this kid to get busted and now what they're going to do is he's asked Sonia not to press charges because he wants to use it as leverage yes. against the mayor campaign. And they So he's going to say wonderful mayor yes. doesn't make anyone press charges. Yep. He loves the community. And also uh, the other mayor, Sue, Mayor Sue doesn't want her son to get arrested so she's going to let Paul proceed with his campaign to yeah. get re-elected. She could be treasurer. Like. Just calm down. There's enough, look, there's enough roles to go around. And you know what? There's always rotary. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, there's a lot of positions available yeah. there. And she could open up his business in Lassiter's if she needs to. They can just come to you with all of your business suggestions. They could. you're solving problems <laughs> like front and centre. So that's the week, which takes us into predictions mm-hmm. going into next week. Oh, and the teaser for next week was about how Imogen is in love with um, Daniel, God knows why, because he's there probably. and. There's no one else left in the street because she liked Brennan. She's going up with her half sister now. Yeah, and she can't hook up with her brother Josh. So yeah, yeah. she probably could, but yeah, maybe we could find out they're not really related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next week she likes Daniel, but she doesn't want it to hurt her friendship with Amber because mm, that's something she cares deeply about. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things that Neighbours has always done well is a love triangle. Oh yeah, and they're not doing it well with Therese, Brad, and no, because the problem is there. It's a love square. That's Too true. many angles. That's true. And square is the optimal word when you think about dad cop. Correct. So I want there to be a love triangle. I want Daniel to be torn. And remember, a few weeks ago we found out that Daniel falls head over heels for anyone. Correct. And also he's a douche. Yeah. And well, and he makes decisions on a whim. Like he got a tattoo of his ex-girlfriend after one week. Yeah. And he proposed to Amber. Is that still a thing? Are they engaged still? We didn't talk about that again, did we? No, because it's never been mentioned since the storm. Because ah. Amber said, let's keep it a secret. So my prediction is that I feel like we have never talked about the fact that Amber bought a ticket to Glasgow. Oh, right. So I feel like she has a voucher at Flight Centre. Yeah. That she can use. Yeah. At any time. And it was a last minute cheap ticket, remember, because she doesn't have money. She's like five. Yeah. And and <laughs> so we never... can't even afford to pay to fix Hermione the car. Yeah. Which got trashed in the storm. Another development is that Imogen made up with Amber by giving her $20 and said, this is to help fix the car. Yeah. Amber's like, thanks, I'll get a new 
half a windscreen wiper with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to share the car again, like the boy. So my prediction is that Imogen and Daniel are going to get together. And Well, he's just going to put the moves on her because he doesn't care about life. He's no, just going to pass he, her. He's going to develop a connection. Yeah. yeah, maybe about the next. Maybe they'll do some crochet next week. <laughs> get, get it on. They're, they're going to develop something together. So my prediction, the only one I care about is Paige. Paige, I think something else is going to trigger another reminder of Kate and they're going to maybe break up momentarily, Paige and Brennan, and then they can build up the tension again. Because I feel like they built up so much tension and then they got rid of it all by getting them together. So I think they need to break them up to get them back together again. Well, my major concern was when it looked like it wasn't going to work out, she said, well, I'm going to have to leave the street then. That was what she said. And I'm I'm going to have to live in a different street. Yeah, maybe she's going to go live at the apartment that, like, Carl and Izzy lived at or... Oh, yeah, that one apartment that Susan lived at for a while too when she she broke up with Carl. And um, the daughter, Kim Valentine. Yeah, 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 she lived there for a bit. And, when and, to... and Caitlin Stacy lived there for a while when she – no, um, her the teacher that she hooked up with lived there. Oh, and that's they, true. And they stayed there for a while. Yeah, this is where things happen yeah. that can't actually happen on Mount District. Yeah. yeah, the apartment around the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe they can go there. Excellent. Well, what a hoot. I've had a great time. Me too. We are going to continue the chat on Neighbours. Uh, you can tweet. I tweet every week at Vea Pashos, hashtag Neighbours, hashtag Neighbours. <laughs> and um, CJ doesn't tweet, but that doesn't matter. No, you I don't. Can, you can just yeah. send good vibes. This has been Neighbours Live from the Pirate Net Studios, not actually live and not actually at the Pirate Net Studios. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.